Welcome to the podcast for First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights. These are the audio versions of the sermons preached each Sunday. I hope you enjoy. Our first scripture reading comes from Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second scripture reading comes from Luke 7, 36 through 50. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and took his place at the table. And a woman in the city who was a sinner, having learned that he was eating at the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster jar of ointment. She stood behind him at his feet, weeping, and began to bathe his feet with her tears and dry them with her hair. Then she continued kissing his feet and anointing them with the ointment. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw it, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Jesus spoke up and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Teacher, he replied, speak. A certain creditor had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debts for both of them. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the greater debt. And Jesus said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she bathed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which were many, have been forgiven. Hence, she has shown great love. But the one for whom little is forgiven loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. But those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This be the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everybody. I hope you all are doing well. Before I begin, I just want to introduce myself. My name is Thomas Parrish, and I'm sure you've seen me up here either doing the scripture reading or their liturgy and wondered who I am. Over the summer, I've been interning with Alex and the rest of the staff to figure out if becoming a pastor is the right career choice for me. And it's honestly been a, an amazing experience. From being able to go to pastoral visits to talking with Alex and the rest of the staff, to figuring out who I am and who God really is has been an amazing experience and more than I could ask for over the summer. 
So I just want to personally thank Alex and the rest of the staff and the whole church for letting me be part of the church for the summer. I also want to make it clear before I start how so very honored I am to be able to be up in front of all of you today. I've been lucky enough to be part of this church for the last 12 years, so to be up here talking in front of you at home is honestly amazing and a little terrifying. I wish we could all be together here in the sanctuary worshiping together, but it's still just as amazing to be able to speak to you at home. So I just wanted to make that clear before I start, because I really, really do mean it. Over the summer, as I've been interning, I've constantly been coming back to the question, why did I suddenly become so interested in Christianity in Christ? Alex and I have been talking and going over the science and religion behind Christianity. You guys know how he is. And I've been coming back to the question, why am I so interested in God? Why did I go from becoming someone who went to church just because my parents told me to and woke me up way too early on Sunday mornings to going to someone who really wanted to go to church and was really invested in church? Whenever I think about when and why that change happened, I always think back to a certain trip, which I'm sure many of you are very familiar with, and that is our high school youth group mission trip to Peru in 2018. Let me tell you the story of the Peru trip. Now, the night before the Peru trip, I was honestly scared because they had made it very clear that it wasn't going to be an easy trip. We were going to be working hard, and we weren't going to be staying in hotels or any nice accommodations. Now, this was the first trip that we were going to take in high school like this, because our first trip, my freshman year, was to Triennium, which was a youth conference at Purdue University. And our second trip was an easier mission trip to Tennessee. So this trip was going to be a lot different and a lot of work. I'll even say the night before the trip, I almost canceled because I was scared it wouldn't be safe and much less fun. But with the help of my friends who were going on the trip and my family, I finally got up the courage to go to the airport that morning and we left for Peru. We flew through Miami down to Lima, Peru, which is on the coast, the Pacific coast of the country and the capital of the country, and it's also its biggest city. We stayed at a convent that night and woke up really early the next morning to go on a flight to Cusco, Peru. Now, Cusco is in the center of the country, and it's right in the middle of the Andes Mountains. So we flew there that morning. It was about a three-hour flight. And then we landed and got right on a bus to go to the city of Santa Teresa. Santa Teresa is where we did most of our work during the trip. And that was about a 10-hour bus ride. Now, the bus ride to Santa Teresa was honestly the, one of the most terrifying things I've done in my life. Because when you think of those like death roads they show on documentaries in, of South America, that's exactly what it was. It was on the edge of a cliff. There's a sheer face on the other side. And it was unpaved in one way, even though cars were going both ways. So you can ask anybody on that trip, and they'll tell you about people getting sick and crying because we were honestly scared we were going to fall off a cliff that day. But we made it to Santa Teresa after two days of travel, got a day's rest, and then started our work there. So in Santa Teresa, we did three days of work. And during those days, we did work at a school teaching kids English. We started laying the foundation for a church they were building in the city. And we also worked on a coffee farm picking coffee beans. Now, the thing about each day in Peru 
especially each workday, is that they were incredibly fun and incredibly rewarding, but they were also very difficult. We did a lot of work each day, and we walked probably about 10 miles each day. So by the end of each workday, we were all pretty exhausted. And you can imagine by the end of three straight workdays where we were working every day, it was pretty exhausting and we were all really, really tired. So on the third night, we went to a small town of Yanatile, which was about a two hour drive from the town of Santa Teresa where we did our work. That night we went there to go to a dinner and then to a worship service later in the night. And you can see that this town is absolutely stunningly beautiful. It's nestled right in the middle of the Andes Mountains, and it's just a tiny town on the side of one of those mountains. And you can see the sunset that night made it even more beautiful, and it was just an absolutely stunning sight to see. Even that, even that said, we were all really tired, and I can speak for a lot of us in saying that we were maybe more looking forward to sleep than we were to the worship service that night. But we ate dinner, and then we went to the worship service in a small one-room church in the middle of the city. Now, the thing about everybody there is that they always seemed to have a smile on our face, especially when they were welcoming us to their worship service. We walked in, and we were welcomed with those smiles and greetings, and I think that gave us a little bit more energy and made us a little bit more excited to become part of that worship service. They started singing their songs in Spanish, and we joined in, and slowly and slowly, we really started to become part of the worship service and really excited to be there. And that was really awesome to see, and it was something different, because we had come in so tired, and we were suddenly part of the worship service and singing along with everybody that was there. It didn't matter that most of us didn't even speak a word of Spanish, except hola and adios, maybe. We all were a part of the worship service, and we were all really having fun, and it was truly amazing to see. After three songs in Spanish, we were invited up, to my surprise, to sing a song in English for them. About half of us stayed in our seats, and half of us went up on stage, and TC, our youth group leader, as you guys know, started strumming the chords to a song called Beautiful Things. Now, this song is one of the most beautiful things that I have ever heard, so I just want to play it for you now. All this pain I wonder if I'll ever find my way I wonder if my life could really change at all All this earth Could all that is lost ever be found Could a garden come up from this ground As you can tell, this song is absolutely beautiful. Even if it's not something that you would normally listen to, you can tell that it really created a feeling and a mood in that room that night that was something different than I'd ever experienced before. I had become really close to this song my freshman year of high school 
when we went to a youth conference called Trienium, like I mentioned before. Trienium is a, is a huge youth conference, a Presbyterian youth conference at Purdue University in Indiana. And the final day of that conference, when we were saying goodbye to all of our friends, that song was played at the worship service. I made a lot of good friends at that camp, some of whom I still talk to today. And I was saying goodbye to them, which was really sad, but it was also really cool to know that I had made friends like that. So that song really created an emotional feeling in the room and it really stuck with me ever since. So when TC started strumming the chords of that song, I knew from that moment that it was gonna be a really special moment. With what we had left, because we were tired, and with what they had, we all came together and sang that song, and it was really a beautiful, beautiful moment. There, halfway across the world, with my absolutely exhausted high school friends, with people we didn't really even know, I felt closer to God than I ever had before. There was an unbelievable feeling of connection between everyone in that room that connected us on a level much more than strangers. It was beautiful to see. It was honestly one of the most amazing moments of my life. After that, the trip went amazing, except for the E. coli and the three extra days and the 24-hour bus ride, but honestly, it was a truly amazing trip, and I'm so glad to be able to have gone on it. But it was that one moment that really stuck out to me on that trip. I'd always felt something different when it came to church and going to church, and especially music, but I can never put a finger on what that exactly was. But I think that night in Yanatile, I figured out what it was. It was God's love that came in and connected all of us together in that room. Even though we didn't know them, they didn't know us, we didn't know their songs, and they didn't know ours, we didn't even speak their language, most of us, and they didn't speak ours. I felt connected with them on a level that was hard to feel anywhere else, and it was truly amazing to see that. We all came together and felt God's love in the most powerful way. And that togetherness is what makes all the difference. I believe God's best way of showing his love to us is through us. Through the connections and interactions that we make, we feel God's love in the most powerful ways. And I feel God's love the most powerful I have felt it than any other place. It's truly amazing the power that God's love has to connect us. If it had just been me in that room that night, it would have been amazing, but it obviously wouldn't have been nearly the same. We all worshiped God together and came together that day, and God's love came in and showed up in a really, really powerful way. And that love isn't the normal love in the way you normally think of love. That love shows up in Colossians 3.14, which was our first scripture reading today. The author of Colossians says, and above all these virtues, put on love as it binds them all together in perfect unity. Now this love that the author talks about is very, very important in the course of the Bible. When this verse was translated from Greek, the Greek version of it is agape. Now agape is something you've probably heard before in church. And agape is a word specifically reserved for God's love for us. And that love is specifically reserved as a love that is unconditional. And you've probably heard of unconditional love in church. We talk about it all the time. But it's so important to know what that unconditional really means. It means no matter who you are, what you've done, or where you're from, God loves you. There's nothing you can do or say that can separate you from that love. And that's so amazing. 
That's the most powerful love that you can feel. And that's the love we felt that night in Yanatile. Even though we didn't know them and we were so different, we came together and felt love for each other. And that's what made it so powerful. Jesus shows this love perfectly in his lifetime, but I think he shows it best during the moment in our second scripture reading. Our second scripture reading was from Luke 7, and it tells the story of the woman coming in and washing Jesus' feet with her hair. Now the thing that makes this so powerful and helps you to understand why it's so powerful is that this situation was very, very strange. First of all, this is a random woman coming in and washing Jesus' feet with her hair. Now, I don't know about all of you, but nowadays, when a random person walks into my house without warning, I probably would call the police. And Jesus doesn't do anything like that. He welcomes her in. Now, I'm not saying you should welcome anybody into your house to wash your feet with their hair, but what Jesus does here is extremely important and a great example of that love. But it becomes even stronger when you look at different factors that make the situation even more strange. You probably know that women back then weren't treated nearly the same as men and were treated very poorly. So when a woman would come in and wash Jesus' feet with her hair, that wouldn't be seen as something acceptable and wouldn't be commonplace at all. It would have made the situation even more different. And lastly, when this woman is considered a sinner in this passage, she's most likely referred to as a prostitute. And during this time, prostitutes were some of the most looked down upon people and society and weren't even considered human. So everything told Jesus to turn this woman away and not accept her. Even the Pharisees looked at Jesus accepting her and judged him and said he should know of her sins. But he did the opposite of that. He accepted her in and not only did that, but showed her love and forgiveness. I think this is a perfect example of that love that I was talking about earlier. Even though she seemed like someone who would be the farthest away from God that you, would, you could think of. She, Jesus accepted her and took her for who she was. It didn't matter that she was far from God. It didn't matter her past or where she was from. Jesus accepted her and showed her love. And that's that agape, that God's love that is unconditional. And I think that's the love that God calls us to show to each other and the love that we felt that night in Yanatile. I don't know if any of you have felt rejection or shunning like the woman has in this story. And I sure haven't, but even if you haven't, you can still feel God's love in a very powerful way in your life, and it can truly change your life. I always feel God's love most when I do music, whether it be in church or outside of church. When I hear voices and instruments come together in perfect harmony, it always is so powerful for me and really shows me God's love especially in church when a hundred voices come together to worship God. It's amazing to hear that, and God's love really comes in and connects everybody together, and I can really see that. Music is also how I've seen God's love really open doors for other people other than myself. For a story for that, we have to go back to the summer of last year, 2019, which was a year after my mission trip to Peru. I had extra tickets to a concert of one of my favorite worship bands called Hillsong United, and I needed a friend to go with me. So I first of all went to my church friends and asked them if they wanted to go, but unfortunately, none of them could make it. So 
I went out on a limb and went to one of my non-church friends who has very little experience with religion and asked him if he wanted to go. To my surprise, he agreed and said yes, and he said he would come as long as we didn't force him to become Christian, and we said that probably wouldn't happen. So he decided to come, and it was honestly an amazing experience. From the music to the energy to the real feeling in that room that I felt that night in Yanatile, it was truly amazing for me. But a lot of the time, I looked to see what my friend thought of it. Towards the beginning, I could tell he was a little apprehensive to what was going on. And he was a little shy to get into the real music of the concert. And I don't blame him because it was a situation that he had never been in before. But as the concert kept going, and as I started to feel that love and that feeling I felt a year ago in Yanatile, I saw him start to get into the concert. He started to sing the songs. He started to jump up and down. And I don't want to embarrass somebody. He actually started to really get into the concert and be a part of the worship. And it was truly amazing to see that. Now, I'm not saying he left that concert going to church every Sunday. I'm not saying he left that concert reading the Bible every day. And I'm not even saying he left that concert going to church at all. But he went to that concert and saw God's love and was interested in it. He went out on a limb to go to that concert with me and left knowing what God's love really looks like. And hopefully he was willing to show that love to others. I didn't go there trying to force him to become Christian or convert him to Christianity. But I went there trying to show him why I kept coming back to Jesus and why church was so important to me. And I hoped he would leave there knowing that, maybe being interested in it, but at least wanting to show it to others, whether he rejects Christianity completely or not. Now, I think that's what we as Christians are called to do in our society. We're not called to go out and force people to be Christian, but to show people that love outside of our normal circles. I know that I myself find too often that I go to church on Sunday mornings or Friday evenings and keep that love to myself and my Christian friends there. I don't show it outside of my normal circle. I've been trying to get better at that ever since Peru, but it's not easy. It's not what society nowadays calls us, to, calls us to do. Society calls us to stay in our inner circles and not spread that love beyond that. But that's not what God calls us to do. Jesus showed unconditional love to that woman, so we're called to do the same and show it outside of our circles. Now, I can say this as much as I want on stage up here, but it's not easy. It's not something that we're naturally born to do. It's something that will cause us to get uncomfortable and we'll have to really work at, but it's worth it because it can really open doors for other people like it did for me in Yanatile and like it did for my friend at the concert last summer. And open doors can really change lives. God calls us to love unconditionally. Jesus acted upon that during his lifetime. So the best we can do is try to do that during our lifetime and show that to other people. If love hadn't been in the room that night in Yanatile, my life wouldn't have been changed. I would have kept going to church because I was told to and because I was made to, not because I really wanted to myself. I honestly probably would have eventually stopped going to church when I wasn't made to anymore, but I didn't because I saw what God's love really looks like and I was interested. I was really invested in that and wanted to come back to church for myself. The same is true with the concert last summer. If God's love hadn't been in the room that night, 
then my friend would have never been able to experience what God's love truly looks like and been interested in it and maybe willing to show it to others. But it was in the room that night and he saw what it looks like and really was interested in it and was maybe willing to show it to others. God calls us to love unconditionally, but it's not easy. It's something that we have to get uncomfortable to do and really think about and try to do in our lifetimes, but it's worth it. Because God's love can truly soften hearts. God's love can really open doors. And God's love can honestly change lives like it did mine. Amen. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights, please visit www.firstpresah.org for more information on service times, directions, and to learn more about the First Pres family of faith.